Welcome to Living Water Radio. Funerals have changed. In the place of reflections on the meaning of life and death, many now put the fun in funeral. Today, we're going to find out what that means. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. When was the last time you went to a funeral? One where the focus was not on the deceased, but on Jesus. Not on funny stories from the quirky life of the deceased, but on the good news of the victory won by Jesus' death on the cross. That is, to a John 3.16 funeral. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Most of us in Western culture prefer to avoid thinking about funerals because a funeral is about death, and we live in a death-denying culture. We pay for age-defying tonics and creams. We pay big bucks for cosmetic surgery. And in some cases, we seek any treatment, including those for which animals and people have had to suffer, in order for us to look good. And by good, we mean young. Because we believe if we look good, we will feel good about ourselves. And that is one of the core values of our culture. It is, of course, a lie. We can't fool ourselves, or maybe we can. Abraham Lincoln said, You can fool all of the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. But can we ever fool ourselves? The expression, you're only fooling yourself, tells a person that you're not fooling anyone else. Death is a part of life. Can we deny death? We seem to be trying. We don't go to a funeral anymore. We go to a celebration of life. Why? Because people find funerals depressing or, worse, boring with all their sad talk about death. Because we don't have much to say about death that isn't depressing. Or because we put it on the deceased, we say that it isn't what they'd want. Maybe, maybe some people do only want the living to have fun at their funeral. Or maybe this is a generation where the relatives of the deceased didn't get the point of their family member's faith. The deceased didn't want people to be sad at their funeral because they believed that death wasn't the end, that what we see as death is just a transition into another form of living. Nevertheless, the family understood their faith to mean, have fun. Christians, do not fear death. We hurt for those who will grieve at our loss to them after our death, but we believe that our death is something that has already happened to us. It's in the past. A colleague, a predecessor at a congregation I served, told me about the night he had a church council meeting, and he knew it would be a late evening. He called his wife and told her not to make dinner for him. He would just stop by McDonald's on the way home, which he did. 
But as he got out of his car to order inside, someone jumped out at him, pointed a gun at him, and told him to give him all his money or he'd kill him. My colleague told me, I wish I could say that I was brave, but the truth is that I was just tired. And I said, you can't kill me. I've already died in Jesus Christ. All the color drained from the other person's face, and he turned and ran away. I guess he thought he was talking with the living dead. Here's what Paul writes in Romans 6, verses 3 through 5. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. That's the focus of a Christian funeral. It's on the resurrection and ours. It's where the focus is on death, and we aren't afraid because we know that three days after giving his life, Jesus took it back again. Jesus rose from the dead. And because he is risen, we will rise and live also. Celebrations of life may have started as celebrations of life in Jesus Christ, but like the Halloween celebration that mocked evil, they have changed. They are mostly alternatives to Christian funerals, but even Christian funerals have changed. They have been changed by the expectations of non-believing relatives and by cultural influences that have been experienced not for the better. Celebrations of life have become pagan celebrations using religious language. Their focus is on the wonderful qualities of the deceased and not on Jesus. They are a whistling through the graveyard opportunity for someone to play stand-up comedian and masters of ceremonies to downplay the presence of God in order to make people feel less uncomfortable, to manipulate people who have little idea what the Christian faith says about life and death and don't want to hear it, for eulogists to offer comic relief and to compete with one another for the title of best friend or relative to please the audience and keep the religious stuff to a minimum. They are, ironically, part of our reluctance to proclaim the best news that anyone has ever had to offer in order to be accepted by a culture that is not interested. I read an article online the other day from the religious news service called REM Was Right, We Are Losing Our Religion, by Rabbi Jeffrey Sulkin. The author is Jewish, but the analysis is totally relevant to the Christian church today. He runs through the commonly accepted reasons that religion is in decline in the Western world, but proposes more foundational factors, referring to the book The Great Dechurching, saying that contemporary American life is actually antithetical to religious values. Contemporary American life does not promote mutuality, care, the common life, or the common good. Rather, what is the focus of the American life? Radical individualism, consumerism, buying and owning what it is that makes you feel good, the promotion of individual accomplishment, professional and financial success. If it doesn't contribute to your professional life, if it doesn't contribute to your financial success, if it doesn't contribute to your personal happiness or fulfillment, if it doesn't contribute to your children's academic or professional prospects, 
The sad truth is that we have precious little time or energy for it. Many Americans have adopted a way of life that has left us lonely, anxious, and uncertain of how to live in community with other people. This pairs nicely with the long-made observation that the dominant religion in America and the rest of the Western world is moralistic, therapeutic deism, the belief that, in a few words, my religion is all about me. We are the antidote to Western culture, but we have lost our desire to proclaim it in our rush for acceptance and position. Why don't we want to look forward to life after death? Why don't we celebrate it? Do we assume that everyone goes to heaven? Or are we afraid that some don't? Do we think that any thought of a personal God of mercy and justice, or any talk of any concern about life after death, is a relic from another time? An embarrassment in our meta-modern age? Most non-clergy persons I've spoken with are surprised when I've said that most pastors I have known would rather do ten funerals than one wedding. Weddings have become productions where the presence of the pastor or officiant has become superfluous. They are, as it has been said, the only thing standing between the guests and the reception. Or as one colleague observed, the role of the pastor at a wedding is to be the buffoon. On the other hand, people have their minds on serious things at funerals, life and death, and the pastor has good news to proclaim. The role of the pastor, if any, at a celebration of life, however, is to be the MC. There has been a price to pay for our willingness to be attractional churches, trying to be popular and attractive to the world in order for it to like us, rather than missional ones, bringing good news to the wounded and the dying. Miley Cyrus, the pop singer, once said, I don't necessarily define my faith by going to church every Sunday, because now when I go to church, I feel like it's a show. Paul encourages us to stay true to the truth that is in us and not be concerned with the self-serving lies of the world, a term he uses for those without new life in Christ, in Romans 12 verses 1 through 2. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Change happens, that's true, but it doesn't just happen. It needs acceptance, or at least acquiescence. It requires conformity. Theologian H. Richard Niebuhr spoke of the message from some of the churches in his day in 1938 as being a God without wrath, brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. He is, of course, speaking of women as well as of men. We are not the church if we allow that message of accommodation to be the norm in our day. That is, if we lose the message of the cross in order to put the fun in funerals. We are called to a different standard for life, the will of God, and that will is that no one be lost, but that all be saved. God died on the cross for us to proclaim and demonstrate that selfless love. It can only come from God and is given to us as a gift. 
A $1.5 million painting was on display in 2015 in a museum in Taiwan. Authorities had put a platform and a rope fence in front of it so that visitors could see the painting but not get too close. A 12-year-old boy was walking by, looking at the 350-year-old artwork, and didn't notice the platform. He tripped on it and fell into the painting, punching a hole right through it. Will we be consumers of entertainment in the church, not recognizing the hazards close by and falling in to damage its true message? Or will we paint the world a picture of everlasting life for all who receive the living relationship with the one true living God for which people were created? Will we be spectators, expecting to be amused, or ambassadors, conveying a crucial message? Will we pay no attention to what's around us as we walk by? Or will we be focused on the message and the question conveyed by Jesus in John eleven twenty-five to 26 Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>